You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, this is Sarah, your host of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, back for another great episode. And as you know, the podcast is all about removing limiting labels and beliefs so we can each live our dreams and shine our lights in the world. This week, we're joined by Amy Van Shepherd. We're going to continue the theme of Enneagram. We're going to talk down in the <clears throat> in the weeds. But Amy has an interesting background. Um, she is a certified Enneagram marriage and family coach. So she's taken her certifications to the next level. She is a successful entrepreneur who consults coaches and small business owners, and she has been married for 29 years. Wahoo, Amy, way to go. Thank you. <laughs> she has three young adult kids. We're going to talk about them a little bit later. And she is an avid traveler and backpacker, and she loves leading wilderness retreats for women. I think I'll ask you about more about that offline. This is really a, something really great I learned about Amy in the background work, and that is that family is extremely important to her. And her parents had six kids in seven years, so stacked close together stair steps, and they're all still very close, even though they're spread throughout the U.S. And for years, they've had weekly Zoom calls with their 93-year-old dad and 95-year-old stepmom. But today, I'm going to ask Amy to share more with us about her path to discovering and using the Enneagram, her aha moment about what the women she serves are really after, and how that changed what she does, and the impact of the Enneagram tool in her own life as it relates to family, and now how she uses it to help other parents and young adults deepen and transform their relationships and actually thrive, not just deepen them. So now with that, let's welcome our guest, Amy Van Shepherd. Hi, Amy. Hello. It's so lovely to be here, Sarah, and your entire audience. I'm really grateful. So thanks. It's our pleasure to have you on the show. Um, and I really mean that because I've been paying attention to you online and now to talk to you in person. Um, feels even better. Yes. But the one thing I like to ask all of our guests, some have answers, some don't, but to ask if there's something that you do every day, Amy, that keeps you living true to your own purpose and calling. Mm. I love that question. I would say there are probably a lot of things. Um, one of the things that has been transformational for me um, I mean, I do yoga, I meditate, et cetera. I spend as much time outside as I can, but really um, shifting my diet to um, eliminating sugar and flour. And then ultimately that led to me becoming vegan has really transformed my focus. Even my, I kind of call it my superpower. Like 
if I can do that, I can kind of do anything, right? Because I still have family at home. I'm still cooking for all kinds of carnivores here. And so, um, so I would say that's been something really just eating well and raw and clean has changed my brain. It's really changed how I think and how I feel. And that has its own ripple effects throughout everything else, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I like how you said, like, if you can do that, you can do anything. And it's often that way when we have like a tough road to hoe and we get to the end of it and we look back and we think, all right, I've got something big in me that I didn't know I had. Exactly. And you think it's you're just doing it for one reason. And really, then the ripple effects are throughout every aspect of your life. Who would think that my diet would impact my business? And it absolutely does. Right. So, okay, tell me how. Well, just because I feel like my focus is more clear, I honestly think I have like an addiction to sugar. So it's, it's more than just, oh, I like sugar. It's, oh no, when I get going, I can really get going. Right. And so I feel like I'm just all around have so much more energy. I have so much more focus. Um, and I'm just raring to go like all the time. And so I used to rely on sugar for that when I was working for an organization, you know, 70, 80 hours a week. I just, you know, sugar to just fuel me on and coffee. And now um, now I just my body knows what it needs. And when it needs to rest, I rest. And, you know, the rest is the rest is good. So when did you start your own business, Amy? Well, I started my first business when I was 24 um, and I had that business for about, oh no, I had that business for 11 years. And um, then I closed it down because I just thought, you know, I I don't want to be the boss of everyone all the time. And so, but then of course my next role, I became the boss of everyone at somebody else's organization. Um, So I had that business for 11 years. Then I worked for somebody else for 12 years. And then I went back out on my own again. And so I'm kind of a serial entrepreneur. My background is in branding and marketing. Um, so, so I love oh, having my own. What company. motivated you then to pursue your current business and well, line of work, if you will? Yes. You know, I've been in branding and marketing and my expertise as a strategist was getting organizations to really get at the core of who they were who they are, and then bringing that truth out to the world through their marketing and advertising and everything. So when I would do branding strategy for companies, man, we would go deep and deep and deep and deep, you know, all the layers of the onion. But then no matter how great the work we all did together, of course, it was limited by the people in those organizations, right? Organizations are just people. And so you know, I really had that moment of thinking, I can only take these companies so far when the people are still in a different place. And so I thought, well, to be able to do this on a personal level, one-on-one or in group coaching with individuals who want to figure out, hey, what are my core motivations and how do I march my best 55-year-old self out to the world, right? Like, we're all concerned about that when we're 22 and out of college, but What happens when the kids leave for college or what happens when we get divorced or what happens, right? Those other life transitions and people are always asking like, who am I? And then what do I do with that? So I realized, boy, this is a pretty short bridge from helping organizations to helping just people thrive like that. So 
You must have had some of your own life lessons or hardships along the way, though, that have kind of shaped how you think about that. And I'm wondering, especially since it has led you to a path of using the Enneagram as a tool, right, for transformation, what was your own path for getting there? Oh, yes. So I always used the Enneagram um, in my businesses. So as I led teams, Enneagram was really my primary way to get our teams to work together. I was a um, high school youth leader for a, a church. And, you know, so I loved using it with, with our youth and everything. And so, of course, it became very natural to use it in my own marriage and with my own three kids. Um, and so that just became so important to me to understand not just who I am, but who the people I love the very, very most are. And so um, some of our kids had some challenges. So I have a, a, a child with high functioning Asperger's, another one who really has, I would say, a hundred teeny things that were just odd and we never got a diagnosis. Uh, she's now transgender, but I don't even think that's the main issues. And so having the Enneagram as I was raising these kids who had some some struggles, some challenges, really just helped me to bridge with them at a time when it felt like there were no bridges to these kids. And so I'm super grateful that I've been using the Enneagram for decades, but then to really focus it on my family and my marriage has been just transformational for me. So let's um, get a little more specific, if you will, right? So you, and by that, I mean, let's give some examples of how parents can benefit from this. And to the degree that you're comfortable, let's use your own family as an example without being unduly intrusive on your children. But you are an eight wing seven. Tell the listeners broadly what that means. Excellent. So an eight with a seven wing is really, um, so eights are challengers, right? We kind of... Um, we like to be in front, we like to be the best. Um, and, you know, there's a saying out there that says there's no such thing as other people's children. And that's how I feel about really the world, like the injustices in the world. I've done a lot of mission work in Africa and other places and things. So I'm always like the mama bear. And so it's, you know, but at home that can have both good and bad, right? You can succeed like anything out in the corporate world, right? But being that kind of eight, the challenger, and then the seven is the enthusiast, right? So, so how do you really bring that enthusiasm and everything to, to the work? And so at home, I do find myself in that role of certainly like challenging, always pushing my kids, always pushing them to be the best. But that falls very differently on my three different kids who are super different. You know, we had our first child, we were like, oh, this is interesting. We know everything about raising kids now. Then we have our second one 20 months later, we're like, oh, this one's completely different. Then I'm pregnant with our third and we think, oh, I wonder where they'll fall on that spectrum. Well, of course they were a third dimension, right? It's like, there's no clean line between kids. And so, um, so as a parent, being an eight uh, wing seven, I really have to modify sometimes my overpowering personality for some of my kids who are, you know, a five who really just 
is more reticent, really wants the facts and everything, um, some anxiety issues and things like that. And even against my oldest, who is also an eight wing seven. So, you know, watch out, right? When we come together. <laughs> well, because you're both, you both know the way forward. We, right. We're both very, very right all the time. And then my husband is a, is a two wing three. And so the twos are the helper, right? And, um, and so I could let my husband help me all day long if, if I let myself just go nuts, right? And so for he and I to figure out how to orbit each other and navigate each other in a way that's so mutually respectful and everything and not taking advantage of each other. And for folks listening, it's not that hard. You have to, it does require some humility. And for me personally, like going, my way is not the only way. And I was pretty sure it was the right way. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but then, you know, as an independent person, you get, you know, life works for you because you don't get any pushback. But when you're in a marriage or another relationship, like with kids, you get a chance to see what you come up against um, and how you can rise to be a better version of yourself. Now, with your kids, how did you adapt to that? You've talked about them being in different places emotionally and they have different needs. So when you talk about now with your marriage and um, your counseling certification in the Enneagram, how do you help folks transform their relationship with their young adults? Because that can be a really good time or it can be a really volatile time in families. Right, right. And it's usually absolutely both of those things, you know, all mixed together. And so I think the the first thing is to stop assuming, right? We as parents assume a lot of things that are about our kids and we know our kids well, but knowing your child as a sweet five-year-old versus a 12-year-old versus a 17-year-old right? That's, that's really not the same person. And so, um, and to understand all the influences and ups and downs of just being a hormonal teenager trying to figure out this world, right? We really have to um, tap into and and try to understand their core motivations. What is their Enneagram type if they're old enough to help figure that out themselves? Um, but even holding two or three of them loosely and saying, oh, my child is kind of a six-ish and sometimes acts kind of four-ish. Even that helps us treat our kids in a way that for what they need, not imposing what we need on top of them. Right. So even a sulky, dark teenager who's really, you know, you think that they don't want to talk to you at all. So if you're only going to sit, share five words with your teenager for the day, if you knew enough about them, you could share the right five words that might just, you know, give them that little bridge to tomorrow. And I just want to double back on something you said is when you said that if they're old enough, right? Um, yes. But you're not recommending that parents, quote unquote, type their kids and adjust their parenting. It's more like holding who they really are, trying to understand that, especially if they're young. They don't know. Um, they haven't developed enough. But to hold that so you can actually be considerate of how 
you might respond to them in the moment, recognizing that you have kids, you're not going to be 100% on the mark with all of them all of the time. Right, right, exactly. So giving your own self grace that if you're on the mark 50% of the time, you're doing all right, right? And having that humility and curiosity about your kids, about, well, kind of, it literally is sometimes, who are you today, right? And even if you, even if they've typed themselves, um, there's so much room within each Enneagram type, right? You know, and so where we are in places of stress or um, health and other things. So whether it's an algebra exam, whether it's a breakup, right? All those things with our kids as teenagers, we, we do just need to hold them with grace and curiosity, certainly firmness and boundaries and clarity and right. But while they're changing, we get to kind of be their rocks. Yep. Well, and you're not saying to not be a parent, yeah, right? right. Your, your main job is to be a parent, um, not a mind guesser. Right? right. So but I loved what you said about that. And one of the things I've noticed from the Enneagram and I sometimes will pick up our young one of our young grandkids from school at night after they do this practice, shuttle them home. Um, but it's so interesting to me now for when he got in the car, I said, spill, you've got exactly 10 minutes till we get your house. I want to know everything because I'm usually not the one who goes. My husband is. And um, I says, because I'm going to have to share this with grandpa when I get back. (laughs) So this kid talks nonstop. And but he's I'm hearing like I'm thinking, I wonder what you are, man. You're stepping into leadership. You're doing all this stuff. You're really sure of yourself. Not much sets you off. Um, you're a planner. I'm just curious. And then when he'll talk about what frustrates him, but then he moves on, right? It's like, he's not stuck there. So he said, you're going to update grandpa. I says, no, you are the next time you see him. But, but it's so, because I can't convey his energy, you know, but, but we think about it. Like I had, I had the right question to ask him for his personality. And then I shut up and it was such a rich treat for me. Yes. I walked away thinking, finally, I had to kick him out of the car. We sat in front of their house and I says, you got to go, man. I got to get home, fix dinner. (laughs) And he said, "Okay." So but it's that thing of thinking about who is he right now? Right. right? And how is he showing up? So what are some of the things like when you're working with um, a a family, maybe with young adults, where do you start with them? So. First, I start with that basic understanding that we are all very different, right? We are all so different. And then as you put relationships together, right? Two siblings together, a sibling and their father together, right? All of those, and then you put three people together, right? So all those dynamics create completely different profiles. And so first of all, to just let go of everything you're assuming and let go of how you think the world should work and get curious and have joy around what is kind of organically growing in front of you. And so really that's the first thing is like, let's let go of being sure. And plenty of parents aren't sure, right? But um, sometimes I think our fear sometimes for our kids makes us close in and makes us be like, you know, my way or the highway, right? And there are a million different ways. And so it's really letting parents let go of that 
and then move into that curiosity of, okay, I know they're not like me. So then let's figure them out a little bit. Little puzzle pieces. <laughs> yes. So Amy, you know, we talked um, earlier in the introduction that you actually pivoted a little bit when you started your business, you were, you primarily focused on women, but you had an aha moment that helped you pivot. Can you talk a little bit about pivoting and then how you as a eight adapted? Yes, thank you. I, so I started my business coaching women and really with the goal of my words were brave, strong, and true. How do I help women become their most brave, their most strong, and just the most true to themselves um, people? And so my business was going along just fine with that for a couple of years. And um, I had a porch party a year or so ago with some some of my best friends, some acquaintances who really I'd known for decades, our kids were all the same ages, and then some new friends. And I was listening to all these women throughout the night, these women that I'd made assumptions about um, throughout our lives together, you know, elementary school, high school, all those things with our kids. And um, they had significant things happen to their kids that I was not aware of, significant mental health challenges, like really significant, and other things like that. And what I realized after this beautiful, such a fun night that had no agenda, it was just, hey, in the middle of COVID, let's get together, right, on my porch. Um, but what I realized was women are so defined by our relationships, our relationships to our partners, and certainly our relationships to our kids and how much responsibility we take for our kids as they're young adults and as they're becoming more independent. And my real aha was, man, I can't ignore marriages and families. I can't just focus on women. I, the way women grow and the way that women will honestly invest in themselves is through their relationships and with their husbands or partners and their kids. And so that was really where I just kind of narrowed down more and thought if the relationships are broken, the women aren't going anywhere. So let's fix the relationship and then the women can rock. And when you talk about fixing the relationship, what does that mean? Well, again, I think that we have natural conflicts and we fall into whether it's 15 years of marriage or 15 years of raising someone from an infant, we fall into these ruts, I think. And sometimes our ruts, you know, we always picture ruts being parallel to each other, but in fact, often our ruts, right, with our, with our partners or even with our kids, just ever so slightly take us further and further from each other. And so the way to repair those relationships is to kind of have an understanding and gather that connection to, to bring us back together. And so, um, so that's where that repairing comes in. I, you know, you hear parents say all the time, like, oh, I wish my kids came with an instruction book, right? Like we all have said that about our kids. And I find the Enneagram to provide that, like, let's lift the cover off of this and let's turn on the lights. And even that is a huge aha in and of itself. So even if we're separate from that person we love desperately often, right? understanding some things about both ourselves and our reactions and others 
just creates those beautiful moments that can create some of that connection. So can you um, share with us maybe a success story of a family or uh, a, whether it's a family, traditional family or not, that have had some success and really kind of something that you are super grateful for having helped along? Yes. So I have a client who um, in the past few years has um, fostered some immigrant kids, teenage um, boys from Central America. And um, so, you know, there's the expected turmoil and everything, right, of these kids coming into their family. But then kind of after the dust settles, suddenly we're seeing some of these kids really have some challenges. And um, I was able to step into that and talking with the mom who's a three on the Enneagram. So she tends to be right, like the achiever, like, and she's super, super capable. And her husband's a nine, so he's more of a peacekeeper. And yet they have these two teenage boys who have been through unimaginable journeys in their lives. And one of the boys is very helpful and behaves well. And the other one is just so angry and terrible. And I was able to really guide them through understanding the Enneagram types and able to lay that trauma on top of it and say, this is actually why each of your kids is, are acting the way they are, right? Because your eight, who is all about control and justice and everything, has actually never known any of that his whole life, right? He's had this crazy trauma. And your other one, your two, might also be going overboard in being helpful because helpful is how they earn love, right? Whereas the eight's like, I'm never going to trust anybody to love me anyway ever again. And so um, that's an extreme example, but we have that all in our families, right? We have it with mental illness. We certainly have it with gender identity things. And so we have it with divorce when, you know, marriages break up and the kids are trying to find their way. So few of us avoid trauma in our lives. And so to be able to, even in those tough situations, be able to give people those guidance, the guidance that even starts with empathy and understanding, right? If you understand why this eight really wants to put his fist through a wall, well, I can tell you that, right? And so it just, again, starts that weaving together back process. So that's really my favorite story. <laughs> Now, in that particular instance, were you working with the parents and the kids? In this particular instance, I was just working with the parents. So it will move, and I'm still in the middle of that. And so it will move toward helping these kids um, be coached and just understand themselves more. But right now, I've had to just give the parents ways to sit with those kids and talk to them in a language that gets at the inside of them, not just their external behavior, right? So, so right now we're in kind of the sit with it. This isn't what it looks like, right? And open up to it. Open up to it. And there are so many other things. You know, we've, we've talked about uh, transgender. We've talked about other things. There are things that create 
breaks in parents' relationships with their kids, even if it's the loss of a parent's dream that their child might go to college or not, right? So, so there are all these breaks, there are all these griefs that happen. Maybe a child uh, went to church a lot and then decides not to, maybe, you know, who knows, right? Um, so there are all these breaks. And so when I can coach a family through that, and certainly when I can work with the teenagers to help them understand not just themselves, right? Everyone says, let's help the teenagers understand themselves. But if then I can coach those teenagers to even have some empathy for their parents, right? <laughs> like let's let that empathy and understanding actually go both ways and let's open everyone's eyes, not just the parents' eyes, but the kids' eyes to, hey, you know, mom and dad are trying to rock this, but this, you know, but grandma is dying. Like, what are we going to do? What are mom and dad, you know, what's happening with them now? Or COVID. So many people have lost their jobs and or left their jobs. So to be able to even open kids' eyes to this is how your mom, who is a five or a four, is dealing with what's what's happening. And then you get all the interactions between, like I said before, those relationships. Well, and having a roadmap to your own feelings and also what you're observing is for me super helpful because it takes down some of like you're talking about some of that anxiety and not understanding and the loss of control, whatever. And and talk about a unifier with COVID and the pandemic. We're all in it. Yes. You know, yes. so when people say, well, it doesn't bother me, I would say I have escaped most of it because it's not in my under my roof. But that doesn't mean I've escaped the impact on family and friends, the community, all of that stuff. Right. And like you and I were talking before we pushed record, I spend a lot of time used to like why I like to joke, say, in the olden days, two right. years ago, yes. face to face with people. Yes. You no, know, I miss it. I don't miss it so terrible being an introvert. I don't mind being um, remote, but honest to goodness, I felt like it was Christmas in July last year when I got to be with my clients in person. Yes, I, I, I feel you know, that too. Yes. But, but knowing that and being able to recognize it as my own type and then also them. And lucky for me, that, that team actually uses the Enneagram as a team. That but, is great. But it's such a powerful road to yourself, basically. Yes. To others. Yes. So talk a little bit, because as a coach, you get coached. Who do you, how do you continue to develop yourself? Who do you work with? I really am a um, self-improvement like geek. I love growing. I love learning. And so I work with multiple different people. So um, I work with Leanne Bridges, who's out of Canada, and she does a um, designing transformation course and coaching that is really fabulous. I certainly have my influencers online. I love Brendan Burchard, Mel Robbins, um, those types of people. Um, uh, Glow Atonmo is one of my favorites right now. And then I certainly, you know, have a therapist that I work with here, um, have some energy work people who, you know, just really, it takes a village, right? And it even takes a village 
for us to both stay, you know, stay healthy and well, and yet be really driving forward. And so uh, coaches should always be being coached, right? And so, um, so I love that constantly being pulled forward and then having a whole nother village that I'm helping to serve as well. I couldn't agree with you more. And while I say I love being pulled forward, I love it in concept, but at moments it's uncomfortable. But I can tell you, I look back and I think, whoa, if I hadn't had that little bit of push, I'd be having the same conversations I had two or three years ago. Yes, you know, yes, so. I, I agree. Yeah. And then when you layer that, when your coach uses the Enneagram, then it's just like a shortcut. It's just, it's like shorthand, you know, it like it gets you there faster and your coach can be like, oh, I know exactly what you're doing right now. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's um, a very vulnerable place to be. So that's the great thing about having coaches who are certified, who know it and know how to use it to help heal and grow us versus yes. to point like out all of our glaring because we all know our own flaws, mostly. Um, so let me ask, what is our, is our the best ways for people to connect with you, Amy? Mm. So I um, am Amy Venn Shepherd. So Venn, V-E-N-N, exactly like Venn diagram. So, um, and on social media, so Facebook and Instagram. And then my company is called Venwise Living. And so just V-E-N-N-W-I-S-E living.com. Uh, and so those are great ways to connect with me. Um, I am constantly building up my website. It's a little bare bones right now, but um, constantly building it up to offer more content and insight to people. So those are the best ways to get in touch with me. And if someone went there, is there something that you have either on your website or then get from you to get started working on something? Do you have any like free downloads or tools? Yes. And so I have a download of a um, my life foundation workbook. So part of part of my overall playbook. And it's really something I do in addition to Enneagram testing to start with all my clients. I also do this foundational work that's pretty quick, but it's graphic. And so we can see like, oh, if your life feels like you're rolling down the road and every once in a while you trip over something, right? And sometimes we feel that with ourselves, sometimes we feel that with our relationships. This um, workbook that they can download really gives them kind of that aha of like, oh, this is why I feel like I'm tripping down things. And so that's available on my website as well. Great. Amy, any parting words of wisdom or what you would tell your eight-year-old Amy, if you got a chance to sit down mm. with her? If I could tell my eight-year-old Amy something, I would say um, to be still for one hot second and really follow um, both my heart and my mind and to really um, serve the world in the truest sense of my power rather than how the world speaks to me of go be a corporate success, go be these other things, which was lovely and great, but, um, but really the world needs us serving each other um, with all of our bravery that's possible. 
Thank you so much for being a guest on the No Labels, No Limits podcast, Amy. Um, I know our listeners have gotten great value out of this, and um, I look forward to hearing more about you and your journey in the future, if you're willing. Anytime, Sarah. This has really been my pleasure, and I'm so grateful to you and your team and your audience. So thank you so much. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.